0: How Holistic Plan came about. We figured there, there's got to be a way to automate this a little bit more to scale it, so that you, as you grow as as a firm and bring on more clients, uh, you you can do tax planning for all of them and all of your existing clients. You don't have to pick or choose who to do it for. Um, if you're a much larger firm, like an enterprise firm, uh, you know, large, large, large RIA or broker dealer, you can make the, the tax planning process and deliverable so much more, uh, not only scalable, but consistent across all your advisors.
1: When Kevin Lozer decided to leave his RIA practice and launch a FinTech, he didn't expect that in less than 18 months, his new tax planning software would be winning awards and getting implemented by some of the largest RIAs in the country. I spoke to Kevin about his company's plans to expand from selling to RIAs into broker-dealers and other enterprise wealth firms, his advice for other tech startup founders, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Hey, come on in, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, the founder and CEO of Ezra Group. We are a new kind of consulting firm. We only specialize in the wealth management space, and our clients are fintechs and enterprise wealth management firms, and we help them make better business and technology decisions. Please check us out at EzraGroupLLC.com. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices in the wealth management technology space. And just a few housekeeping tasks before I forget. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. A quick shout out to our new sponsor, the Sebastian Strong Charitable Foundation. You can find them at sebastianstrong.org. And here we go with the interview. I'm happy to introduce our guest for this episode is Kevin Lozer, founder of Holista Plan. Kevin, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Craig. Thanks for the invite. I'm looking forward to having the conversation with you today. Good and to see you to, again, too.
1: <laughs> good to see you. Uh, well, we're just talking about uh, conferences again, because we used to sit next to each other at conferences and listen to uh, panel discussions of things and, and make jokes. And uh, hopefully, we will be able to do that again uh, in the fall, right?
0: Yeah, I hope so. Well, we're definitely planning on it. And yeah, the last time when you and I saw each other was, and it's the last conference I was at, was T3 in San Diego back in February. Uh, before things really started getting shut down. So that's the last time I was on a plane. Last time I was at a conference, I'm looking forward to get, getting back.
1: Yeah, me too, man. That was the last conference and it seems uh, so long ago, but uh, it will happen again. I'm, I know. Cause I've already committed to a couple of conferences in the fall. So uh, I know you guys are looking at conferences too. So uh, it's going to definitely going to happen. We'll, we'll get back to it. And we were also yeah. talking about football. So you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, correct?
0: I am. Yep. Uh, Since I was five years old, I was back during their heyday in in the late 70s. So uh, and being from Pennsylvania, I was about three hours east of Pittsburgh in the kind of the central part of the state. Uh, So yeah, grew up a Steelers fan. Uh, I've changed allegiances across my other sports now moving to the D.C. area, but I've Mm -hmm. always kept my allegiance to the Steelers.
1: Oh it's good yeah so I'm an Eagles fan so I've been an Eagles fan for, for over 40 years so I know the feeling but the Eagles and Steelers do not play this year so we can't make any bets uh, on Ooh. whether they head to head and the Eagles are going to be bad this year so uh, I don't want to make any bets either about which will will have a better record but uh we can certainly we can still have another another podcast on on, on uh, football discussions and about the two franchises and and their direction That's it.
0: Yeah, the two Pennsylvania franchises. We will have to have a healthy debate about that.
1: You know, little <laughs> See little if fact. I
0: chose wisely being in the center of the state. So exactly. I had my choice. I, I could go Steelers or I could go Eagles. <laughs> and, I, and for football, I ended up taking the Steelers again right. because
1: okay. they,
0: they were in Super Bowls when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> I, I, it's okay. You know, they, in World War II, when uh, they had a manpower shortage, the two teams merged for a couple of years mm-hmm. and they called themselves right. the Steagles. The
0: Steagles. That's right. Yeah. I, I almost said, I remember that. I don't remember that, no, I you wasn't don't. Alive, man. but I, I <laughs> but I, I, read that. Yeah. And That's I don't
1: cool remember either just for, just to get the, <laughs> set the record straight. All right. So, uh, enough football talk. So uh, Kevin, give me the 32nd elevated pitch for Holista plan.
0: The holistic plan is going to allow you as an advisor to implement. If you're not currently doing tax planning, uh, across all of your client base, Uh, we're, and it's, you know, tax planning, I know can be, um, kind of a vague word, kind of like financial planning. You know, lots of people have different definitions of financial planning. Uh, I've heard different things that you can do with tax planning. Uh, it started with a tax return review process that we automated, but now it's expanded into pretty much letting the advisor know what your client's tax situation is, very, very quickly, in in seconds, in some cases, and then you can make sure you're incorporating that information into the entire financial picture for your client. So I don't know, did I hit thirty seconds there?
1: I wasn't even <laughs> timing it; I was looking in my notes. But the no, I I really like the idea, and you know, and uh, I have no bias here. I I heard when I heard about what you guys are doing, I was really stoked about it because, you know, m- my firm being a technology. Uh, Consulting firm. We we work with a lot of broker dealers and enterprises about what software they should use for their advisors. And tax planning is is becoming way more important now, and more and more advisors are involved in tax planning. But there really was never any automation around it. It was always hire a CPA, get you know get people and throw bodies at it. That's how we do our tax planning. Or if you have really really high net worth uh, clients, then you had software for a very complicated tax optimization. Your software is really for regular RIAs, mass affluent, to just run through tax returns and give advice. Am I correct?
0: Right. It is. Uh, and, and it really, to your point, I, I'm a, a an advisor. I was running a mid-sized uh, fee-only RIA. My co-founder and partner, Roger Pine, likewise, running an RIA in Texas. And we both identified that you know, tax planning, it involved checklists, uh, we had to have cheat sheets at our desk with all the different phase outs and thresholds and limits. It was a very time consuming process to do. In fact, uh, the firm that I was helping run, run we had to make decisions on who, which one of our clients we thought would benefit the most and, and segment them because we, we didn't have the capacity to do it for all of our clients. So we were having to make decisions like that, which in my, in, in my view weren't ideal. Uh, So, and it's again, because it takes a lot of work, uh, a lot of time to do it manually. And that's really how holistic plan came about. We we figured there's got to be a way to automate this a little bit more to scale it so that you, as you grow as, as a firm and bring on more clients, uh, you, you can do tax planning for all of them and all of your existing clients. You don't have to pick or choose who to do it for. Um, If you're a much larger firm, like an enterprise firm, uh, you know, large, large, large RIA or broker dealer, you can make the the tax planning process and deliverable so much more, uh, not only scalable, but consistent across all your advisors, right? Because one of the many things I've learned being in the industry for more than a decade about tax planning is advisors, while there's some consistency around uh, uh, as a framework, we all had different ways to deliver the end product or, or the things that we were potentially looking at in a tax return, for example, for potential planning opportunities that if, if you're a large firm, you can't do that consistently across, you know, 200, 300, thousand advisors in your organization without software.
1: Exactly. And you're jumping ahead on my, on my questions here. So I'm, I'm trying to catch up with you. The, oh, sorry, the, uh, sorry. <laughs> don't, don't worry, don't worry. The so my next question was going to be, why did you found this firm? You were running a successful RIA. Uh, you're a CFP. Your 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 co-founders of CFP. You're, you're, why pivot mid-career to launch a fintech? What what was the? You already gave me that, but really, what did you think about um, to do that? I mean, that's a big decision to go from I'm running an RIA. I'm I'm happy. I'm successful. To switching to a very very different business model and a very different kind of company.
0: Yeah, it was a desire to really help the industry scale more. It, it was uh, it, it was an opportunity to, you know, I'll put it this way. like What I realized is while I, I did really enjoy being an advisor and having client relationships, I had 75, 80 client relationships, I was also recognizing that you can either build a, a big team underneath you to continue to scale and, and reach more people. Um, or, you know, when Roger and I were talking about scaling financial planning overall to reach, you know, potentially thousands of, of people instead of just hundreds, or you could pivot to software. Uh, and, and that, that was part of the impetus to start a holistic plan. It was part of the, the original ideas to really, try to touch as many clients as possible. We we both believe tax planning was really, really important. And again, everybody could benefit from it. It's something that we pay taxes every single year as citizens uh, it, and, and even for folks that you would think have a pretty static situation, tax legislation changes particularly now so frequently. So uh, it's really an opportunity to build those relationships with those clients a little bit more. Uh, and and be able to touch more and more clients that I think with by doing it manually, advisors just aren't able to serve as many clients as as they could otherwise.
1: It's all about scale. The um, I want to congratulate you. One of the, I remember I, one of the ways I heard about you was when you won fintech competition at XY Planning Network. That kind of put you guys on the map back in 2019. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, that was exciting, and and we're all, all, always uh, wanting to say thanks to to uh, XYPN. That was it's great that they do that every year. They weren't able to do it in twenty twenty, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. But what a great opportunity for startups, fintechs that that they offer. Uh, but yeah, it you know, and that was very early stage for us um, when I compared the. The product that we showed at that compared to what it is now, I mean, it's it's light years ahead of of where we were in 2019. But um, you know, it was also a little bit uh, you know we were so new. We we launched in late June, and uh, we had only had a month or two in the market when we went to XYPN. So we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't we weren't sure if it was ready for prime time or not at that point, but uh, we won that. And like you said, it it definitely launched us. We got a lot of buzz from that. Uh, And then it's just, you know, snowballed from there uh, as advisors started to hear about us and sign up and start using it and then tell their friends who told their friends in the industry, it really just launched us tremendously. We, we, for the first year, or so of, of, yeah, from September to September, I don't think we did much of any marketing. It was, it was all just word of mouth at that point, but, but we were signing up so many subscribers at that point, uh, that that's all we've really had time to do at that point.
1: It's a crazy time when you're a startup and things are happening and you're making some progress and things are coming, you're, you're building a company, it's, it's the proverbial jump off a cliff and build an airplane on the way down.
0: <laughs> and especially f- from a infrastructure standpoint for Roger and me, uh, that was definitely our first big challenge. Uh, so we built a product. Uh, we, 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 well, you know, we had an idea, we built a product around it. We, we got some of our friends to, to take a look at it and provide feedback that helped out a lot. Then we launched this product, but, but really it's still just the, the two of us at that point. And then we go to XYPN and win the competition and now I mean like the next day we're getting people you know and a lot more people signing up Um, and that that September, October, November especially because and and it was this was fortuitous It, it wasn't we didn't plan it this way of course but having won that competition in the fall during what is in for many advisors peak tax planning season right? It's before the end of the, you got to get everything done by December 31st for it to count. So people were in tax planning mode at that point. Uh, so October and November were just crazy busy for us. And, and since then we had to focus on, instead of marketing, we had almost, we've kind of, we were already ahead of the game in that way. In some regards, we had to focus on the capacity and the infrastructure to support the sales that were coming in. And now now that we've done that, then now we're ready to go and and we've kind of launched a a marketing engine again.
1: Sebastian Strong is a 501c3 nonprofit whose goal is to raise awareness about childhood cancer and fund research for less toxic, more targeted treatments and cures. The charity was founded in 2017 by the parents of 16-year-old Sebastian Ortiz after he lost his year-long battle with a rare form of childhood sarcoma. Sebastian Strong focuses on funding innovative research that has the potential to revolutionize cancer treatment for children. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease among children, yet less than 4% of the National Cancer Institute's budget is allocated to childhood cancer. Sebastian Strong has partnered with leading cancer research institutions around the country and actively collaborates with other childhood cancer foundations that support their one key belief that kids deserve better, better treatments, better outcomes, and better lives. Please help the Sebastian Strong Foundation to continue their mission by making a donation, spreading the word about beating childhood cancer, or getting involved. You can do that by visiting their website at SebastianStrong.org, that's Sebastian, sebastianstron gorg O-R-G. You can also follow them on Instagram and Twitter at SebsStrong, that's S-E-B-S-S-T-R-O-N-G, or on Facebook, That's Sebastian Strong. What advice would you give to people who are just now where you were back in 2019, where they're getting ready to launch their product and they really want to make an impact? You know, what what advice would you give them in order to help them be more successful?
0: Hmm. It's a good question. I I would say first and foremost, be willing to put it, the product and yourself out there um, for feedback. We learned a tremendous amount, not uh, definitely from our beta testers before we even had launched an actual product for sale, but then in, in the, prece- the succeeding months, years even, you know since, since we've been doing this, we can we have a constant feedback loop with our subscribers and uh, future subscribers. So I, I would say get it out there, let people comment on it. Have some thick skin if, if you need it to, to take that feedback and learn from it, be willing to learn from it and be willing to, 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 change plans even, or change the roadmap a little bit to, uh, to, to go in a direction that the market is suggesting you should take.
1: Great advice. It, Kevin. It's
0: part of that. Like, you know, I, I think it was it lean startup, um, is the book, the popular book. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, mixing a little bit of that in with, with uh, you know, just a, a lot of blocking and tackling as well.
1: So let's jump ahead a little bit to 2020, the end of 2020, and you landed a big client, Carson Group, huge, you know, one of the biggest names in, in the REA business, well-respected, Ron Carson, winner of many awards, building a huge brand. And how did you get that deal? And what, what is it that they saw about your software? That they felt would help their advisors. They have a very, they have a great tech stack. So for them to pick you to add to their tech stack, I think is a is a great badge of honor for you.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and and thanks to to Carson Group for uh, being willing to to give give us a shot. But I th- I think uh, what what helped first of all they I th- they were hearing about us from advisors in their. Community, their, their own advisors at Carson Wealth. I think maybe some of the Carson Partners firms were were uh, even early early adopter subscribers of ours at that time. So that that's definitely been our approach with with uh, the go to market approach for everybody, which was get again get it out there, start letting folks buy it, and then they become our advocates, our ambassadors for the the large the you know the larger corporate enterprises. But I think that they saw that some advisors were using it. Um, they you know, worked with their organization to provide a couple more demos, talk about what the product could do and what it was going to do. I think what, what they see, uh, particularly large enterprises like that, is, again, two things. It's efficiency. It's taking what is potentially an hour-long process or longer to review a tax return, turn that into Some finding some planning opportunities, then turn those opportunities into quantifying those opportunities and then turn all that into a client deliverable. That is an hour process, if not longer uh, for per client. So when you've got 30,000 clients, (laughs) uh, that's that's a enormous time saver when you can now use software that can do all of that in minutes instead of an hour or two. So it's efficiency and then it's consistency. It, it's knowing that, that now that you've got a, a, a software on your tech stack that every advisor is going to be using, they're going to be delivering tax planning consistently across the entire organization. Uh, they know what each advisor is going to do. There, there won't be pockets, you know, this office does it one way, this office does it another way. They're all using a hodgepodge potentially of deliverables for the client. It's one consistent client deliverable and it's one consistent process to walk through finding potential opportunities for the client. So you know, every advisor is doing it the same way.
1: So looking at the, the progress of your firm, you've gone from XY Planning Network, which is fee-based advisors and the smallest firms, usually one person shops to small RIAs. And now you're moved into Carson Group and that's larger firms. What's your enterprise strategy? Do you see your product useful for large RIAs and broker dealers?
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, So we're going to continue now that we've we've got a lot of traction in the what we call it, you know, solo advisors and the the, the ensembles, the multi-partner type firms. That was certainly our first go-to-market. And now that we we've we have a few other enterprises like Carson, uh, we're we're now uh, doing more and more demos and having conversations with a lot of the other large RIA enterprises. Well, and we're also we've had a, quite a few conversations with with broker dealers as well, um, and even even a few other uh, large. Uh, uh, enterprises that outside the BD space. So certainly part of, part of our plan now, and it certainly helps though, to have uh, thousands of advisors, um, uh, we're, we're closing in on, on 2000 advisory firms using the, the software. So having, having that certainly helps uh, to, to have the conversations with the enterprises.
1: I'll say that helps, that's big. To me, 2,000 separate clients is big in anybody's book, no matter, no matter how big they are. It's, that's a lot of work, it's a lot of effort, a lot of support, a lot of infrastructure required. You don't just have a two-person startup and support that many clients within this industry.
0: <laughs> that's right. No, we're, we've gone way, way, way past uh, Roger and me, <laughs> which is where we were uh, 18 months ago or so. Uh, yeah, we've, we've built out a team now. Um, Both at the the C suite level and then um, support organizations, uh, um, sales organization, developers, things like that. So certainly no longer a a two person organization, (laughs) but by any means it's and and we're hiring now on a on a monthly basis for something it seems. So it's and that's fun too to to build out the team and build out the infrastructure.
1: I want to talk more about startup. Best practices. Who was your first hire after you and Roger and why?
0: It was our CTO, Chief Technology Officer. Uh, so we, we hired him in in December, uh, so just a couple months after XYPN. And and you know, like I said, we we, we were we were drinking from a fire hose in October and November. Uh, but we, we hired Scott in in December of twenty nineteen. The, the reason why is we, we knew as we continued to build out uh, the infrastructure, for, you know, even the human infrastructure for the rest of the business, we needed to focus on kind of the internal controls. Well, we knew as we were going to eventually get into enterprises and VDs and things like that, we would need to make sure we had all our security ducks in a row. So... Uh, and again, you know, I know a lot of a lot of startups. The first hires are are oftentimes kind of on the sales and marketing side because that's that's their challenge, right? It's they've, they've maybe built a product and now they need to let people know about them. Well, w- w- thankfully, again, we had XYPN to uh, and that competition. And, and michael kitsis had roger on a success podcast shortly after that so we we kind of we had that we had enough sales coming in to to make us happy we had to focus on the infrastructure and uh roger and i again uh roger uh, w- w- was a coder um but it certainly wasn't his profession o- over the past 12 years he was an advisor like me so we knew uh our our strengths were building a product that we knew advisors would appreciate and buy because we were advisors ourselves but we didn't have we knew we didn't need the technical expertise to help deliver it going forward
1: so now that you're moving to larger firms rias broker dealers in the enterprise space now you're moving into my world this is where my company as a group really does a lot most of our clients are in that space and being able to standardize across hundreds of advisors and, or thousands of advisors is critical when you're working with these kinds of firms. And integrations are also critical since you need to be able to pull data, move it back and forth to be integrated well into the environment of an enterprise firm and to make it seamless and to reduce the amount of work they need to do. So you've recently integrated with Redtail and Wealthbox. Uh, why did you pick those and, uh, or why did you pick CRM as the first integration? And how does it help advisors be more efficient with your product?
0: Yeah, we, we picked CRM first, but we thought that was the, the, we we knew we were both holding household information. Right. So in order to start with using holistic plan, you need to create a household and upload a tax return. So CRMs already have that household information. We, we also knew that we were delivering. We were providing planning opportunities through our analysis, through the software's analysis of that tax return. And those are great notes, great observations to then have in your CRM because most, most advisors are living day to day, all day long in their CRM. That, that's one of their most, you know I'd say most advisors feel like that's one of their mo- most important pieces of software that they have, one of them at least. So to integrate with those, uh, bring in the, the household data from the CRM into holistic plan, saves you time entering those couple pieces of information that holistic plan needs to create that household on, on the back end, It's a two-way integration for both those. Then we can send some of the tax data, right? That's coming from the tax return or that we're calculating from the tax return. That's really important information that can give you a snapshot of the client's situation. Uh, we can push that to the CRMs. And now it's in that, in, in the, the, uh, th- that software that, the advisors are living in every day and are going to go to when it, when the client calls and, and it has a question and you need a piece of information, you, you know, you can, you generally head to your CRM and all that tax data would be in there for them. Uh, so it, it's it, what we've been doing from the very beginning, even with the idea of, instead of entering a whole bunch of information into yet another system to get uh, planning observations out of the, the, the pivot very quickly to using technology to read in the tax return, it, it's all premised on trying to get advisors out of having to do a whole bunch of data entry as part of their job or their team doing data entry. right? That's, if, if we can eliminate that type of work so that advisors can focus on the client relationship and analyzing that data instead of entering that data, that's a huge win for everybody. So the integrations that we do or have done and will continue to do are focused on how can we just have this data flow backward and forward so that advisors don't have to enter data.
1: Analyzing instead of entering.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean, that's, that's and that's as, as a, advisors, you know, I'm a career changer myself. I was in the corporate world for 11 years before I got into financial planning and became an advisor. I certainly didn't want to, I didn't get into the industry to have to, you know, take all kinds of data and enter it into this system, system A, system B, system C, uh, throughout the day. Uh, so if, if we can spend most of our time analyzing the data, uh, and then, and then reporting out that, data and the observations that come from that data to our clients in an efficient way, then that, that's, that's just going to make advisors' lives and larger firms' lives that much better.
1: I'm just going to keep saying analyzing instead of entering over and over again, because I like the way it sounds. <laughs> All right. Oh, cool. The, uh, can you share anything, uh, so some of the new products you've come out with recently and anything on your 12 to 18 month product roadmap?
0: Sure. So in, in January, uh, we launched our tax prep letter feature. Uh, up until that point, you know, our, our software was, was primarily, again, focused on you upload a tax return, you get a nice client deliverable with some observations, and a pre-populated scenario analysis screen, which allows you to do some forward-looking projections, again, without having to enter much data. Uh, but in January, what we did was was launched this tax prep letter feature, which now allows you to help close the communication loop between what you've done in the prior year. So let's take this this season as an example, we're in 2021, we're doing tech, we're not we as advisors, but the CPAs and the clients are doing tax prep now for the 2020 tax year, what, what you did last year what we learned from being advisors and from our our subscribers is some of that great planning work that we do doesn't get communicated fully to the CPA uh, and therefore doesn't get reported on the tax return correctly or at all. And if it doesn't get reported on the tax return, it never happened, right? Uh, From the IRS perspective, it never happened. So, uh, that that was always a, a, a communication loop that we were trying to figure out how to close. So this feature allows that. Now an advisor uh, can, throughout the year even, so now in 2021, as you do maybe a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD, or set up a donor advised fund, or gift appreciated securities, or do a Roth conversion, now you can go into the tax prep letter uh Portion of the product, and check a couple boxes, write a very brief, quick note, and now, in essence, what it, what you're building now on the throughout the year is a tax prep letter that you can send to the CPA or and or the client to say, hey, and, and this would be done in January or February. Hey, this these are all the things we've done last year. Here's all the documentation you need. Now there's there's no reason why the tax return is not going to get. Uh, filed correctly the first time, opposed to the the dreaded amended process or flat out not getting to take uh, the opportunity of the benefits that you were trying to take advantage of from a tax planning perspective. So so that was our our first foray really into really making, you know, realizing that tax planning is not just a one-time thing throughout the year, Uh, yet maybe some of the heavy lifting is in the fall. Right. When you've got to get things done by December 31st and in the springtime, you're maybe collecting those tax returns because it's fresh on the client's minds because they just filed them. Right. But we're doing stuff throughout the year for clients as advisors that are tax impacting. And and that's that's where, you know, again, I said earlier, tax planning has a lot of different definitions. It's really being um, tax aware of your your client's situation in Q1 now you can use Holista Plan to make sure you create that letter that closes the loop and make sure you're you're making the tax prep process for the CPA and the client run smoothly uh, versus the hiccups that historically have happened. So our our roadmap going forward is gonna be those types of things where we continue to make this, uh, knowing the ins and outs of your client's tax situation, if that's what you wanna define tax planning as, doing that tax planning throughout the year, making it easy and, and anything that you're doing from a client perspective that touches taxes, you're able to use Holista Plan to make that efficient and scalable.
1: Good answer, we are running out of time. So I have the last question, uh, can you talk about, or the next to the last question, can you talk about any trends you're seeing in the industry, you're talking to 2000 advisors, what are some things, I guess, around the tax area that you're seeing trend-wise?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I know people are getting more and more focused on taxes, right? We because of the the legislations, you know, going the Secure Act at the end of twenty. I'm missing twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. The CARES Act of twenty twenty. The appropriations bill in December of twenty twenty. Now we have the the American Rescue Plan Act all things that are impacting tax legislation. Clients, and, and now we're going to potentially have more tax legislation this year uh, with the Biden's tax proposals. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, but taxes are on everybody's mind, it seems. And I think one of the trends I'm seeing is that advisors are becoming more and more focused and realizing that they need to uh, they they need to focus on their client's tax situation. It's not tax advice, right? That's different. It's doing tax planning, knowing their client's tax situation. It can be as simple as you know, e- even advisors that are very investment management focused, and and they they historically have said, I don't I don't talk about taxes. I manage the portfolio. Uh, the the taxes are for the CPA to do. Well, what you're doing. In that investment portfolio impacts the tax situation, and it can it can impact the client's expense situation down the road. An example is you you, you sell you decide to sell fifty shares of Tesla. Well, maybe if you sold forty nine shares of Tesla instead of fifty, they wouldn't have crossed over the Medicare Part B and D Irma premium thresholds, causing thousands of dollars of expenses two years from now for your client. So, though even those investment type decisions. Uh, savings vehicles, you're going to save into a Roth or a traditional IRA. Those are tax related decisions that advisors are recognizing they need to know the client's tax situation. And the problem is, historically, it's been manual and very hard to do. But now there's software out there like Plan that allows you to do that much more smoothly. So that's, the, that's one of the big trends I'm seeing.
1: And one final question for you, Kevin, before we go. Steelers record this year. What's your prediction?
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go, this is the last year for Big Ben. So I think they're going to try to send them to the Super Bowl. They're going to go 12 and four. I'll go 12 and four, maybe 11. I'll lean towards 11 and five 12 and four
1: you have to add a game there because this year they they went to 17 games oh
0: that's right They're 17 games they play seattle now this year so i'm i'm gonna go then 12 and five that that actually makes it easier i'm gonna go 12 and five
1: there you go and i'm for the eagles i'm going to go the opposite i'm gonna say five and 12 so we'll we'll see who's who's closer on their own team so and for that uh, kevin thank you so much for being here that's a wrap appreciate your time uh it's been great yeah thanks craig Hey, it's Craig again. A couple of my takeaways from this episode: I really like of Plans' uh, product and, and where they're going and, and uh, their uniqueness in the industry. Uh, I collaborate with Michael Kitsis on his Advisor Tech Map every month, and you can take a look at the tax planning area. There's lots of products there, but really, of Plans is the only one who's doing what they're doing, uh, which I feel gives them a differentiation in the industry. Uh, I was, as you could tell from the interview, I was uh, I like hearing about how founders. Uh, run their company how some of the trials and tribulations they go through as they're growing the, the firm so i was trying to tease out some of those best practices and tips and some of the uh, the experiences that that kevin had in founding and running Holistoplan, and uh, their integrations and how they're moving from RIAs to RIAs. that's it for this episode of the wealth tech today podcast please go to our website EzraGroupLLC.com and register for our newsletter. You will get a monthly email, just one a month, with some updates and overview of the industry, and you will not be disappointed. And I'll talk to you all again next time.